Welcome to Towards Leadership from Leadership Letters. I'm Lizzie Bentley-Bowers. This podcast is a place for leaders at every level. Wherever you are in leadership, this is a place of community, questioning, challenge, resource and support for leaders who are willing to go towards all that leadership asks of them. The resources we share are ones we believe will be useful to you at any stage and ones that you can use and adapt in the ways that are most useful to you. So welcome and thank you for joining us. We'll focus today on topics arising from Karen Eber's letter on our sister podcast, Leadership Letters, this month. Your story starts with your audience and not the story. That doesn't mean you can't use a story multiple times, but you don't want to tell a story just because you have it. One of the many things that she spoke about was the importance of storytelling for leaders. So I thought I'd take a bit of a dive into how, as leaders, you write those stories. Where do you start with those stories? Many times I've worked with leaders who've created stunning visual presentations or who know their stuff inside out, but who, whether it's an audience of one or an audience of a thousand, who have been selecting what to include on the basis of what they want to say rather than what their audience needs to hear. And those two things can be very closely aligned, sometimes less so. So with your story in mind, the what happened, the who was there, the facts, if all of that is the engine of your story, working out what matters to you about that and working out what matters to your audience about that is the fuel. That's what lifts the story into something that really truly connects you with somebody else. So before you think about what you want to go into your story and how you want to tell it, I'd encourage you to try starting with the audience. Who are they? What do they need? Do they need motivating, energizing, reassuring, entertaining, flattering? Thinking in terms of our audience helps us to really inject energy into a story, even if we've told it a thousand times before. And it helps us edit the bits that we keep in. We forget that we do this socially. There are skills we can bring from what we do with our friends and family into the way we tell stories at work because socially we'll tell the same story to different people in different ways. Maybe depending on what we're looking for from them. So we might tell it because we're looking for some sympathy or some empathy, or we might be looking for someone to agree with us and help us feel right about something. Maybe we want to make them laugh. Or we might be telling the story very much with their needs in mind. So we might be wanting to try and cheer someone up. We might be trying to help somebody imagine what is possible or tell them something about what we believe is possible for them. So socially, we're adapting and editing all the time without even really thinking about it. And we can bring that awareness of what matters to us and what matters to the people that we're speaking to into the way that we tell stories at work. And how we tell our stories, particularly if it comes under the heading of giving a presentation, can be a real source of vulnerability for a leader. It could be in the room, it could be online. It's something that we want to do well. And like anything, doing something well takes practice. And that practice tends to be much richer and involve greater progress if we have feedback as we practice. So asking an audience member to listen to us as we prepare is such a useful thing to do. 
And I'd encourage you here to be specific about the feedback that you're looking for. So quite often, I notice that leaders, when they're seeking that feedback, when it comes to something like a presentation or, a, or telling of a story, they'll ask for feedback on how good it is. How am I doing? They'll ask for general feedback and then they'll get general feedback back. Yeah, it's good. The more specific you are about the feedback you're looking for, the more you're going to be able to apply that feedback. So asking for things like feedback around your pace, feedback around your tone. There are no rules about this, by the way, but it can be really useful to get a sense of, am I speaking at a pace where, for example, online, people have got time to process what I'm saying? What is it about the language that I use that helps you feel connected to the story or perhaps disconnects you from this story? The more specific you are, the more specific the feedback you get back, the more that you can actually use that feedback to make changes. And those changes will help you grow in connection to your story and confidence in your story. And there really is no better preparation than to record yourselves listening to a story. I'm sure as you hear me say that, this is the point where people tend to switch off and say, nope, don't want to do that. But recording yourself really is the cleanest form of feedback there is. A recording device has no agenda. It has no opinion. It simply is the mirror. It's reflecting back to you what it is that you're doing and how you're doing it. So if you're preparing to share a story with a group, however big or small that group might be, think about who they are, what's your intention and record yourself with who they are and that intention in mind. And as you listen back, notice what is it you wanted them to feel and how did you feel as you listened to yourself? What is there that you could change in your language or your delivery to get closer to having the impact that you want? Are you giving people time to think, to absorb? So often as leaders, you know your stuff, you know it really, really well. And we can forget then that this audience might be listening to this for the first time, or this audience might be hearing some aspect of that story that they've never heard before, or perhaps never needed to hear before. As I said, this isn't about rules. But this is about thinking, what's the impact I want to have? And how do I know whether or not I'm having it? So as we continue to think about storytelling and audiences, let's dive into some resources. The first resource I want to offer you is a book called Own the Room by Viv Groskop. This is such a great book. It's full of insight into tools, techniques and thinking that really develops clarity and confidence, particularly under the pressure of performance. And when we tell stories, it is a kind of performance. It also has really great exercises in there. So it has things that you can do to actively increase the quality of your preparation. The next resource I want to share with you is a TED talk. It's by Drew Dudley and it's called Everyday Leadership. So there are two reasons why I've included this. One is that it's simply a great example of storytelling. So the story that Drew tells he tells in a really compelling way. And it's worth watching just to think about what is it that's engaging me? What is it about this story and the way that he's telling it that's hooking me in? But I think he picks up on a point Karen made that's a really interesting one about leading when you're not at the front of a room. So there's a spoiler alert here. I'm going to give away what he says. He talks not only about the story and the story is of when he had a significant impact on someone else's life. But the spoiler alert bit is that he then shares how he doesn't remember that moment. And this was something that Karen and I picked up on. 
the pressure to have impact and the fact that we have impact when we don't expect to. So there are many occasions I've observed leaders participating in some kind of question and answer event, maybe with a group that I was facilitating in their organisation or maybe watching a conference. And many times I've seen somebody say to the leader something along the lines of, you probably won't remember this, but when you said or did this, I found it so inspiring or reassuring or whatever it was, they found it. And so often in those moments, the leader says, gosh, I don't remember that. And the opposite is true too. And I can recall, and I still feel deeply uncomfortable when I do, throw away comments and I can almost still see them in slow motion, moving through the air, going towards someone and landing with an impact that was painful for them, no matter how much I didn't intend for that to happen. And I can absolutely point to the impact some of those moments had on a relationship that I then had to work hard to repair. So there is something for us as leaders about that impact that we are having in our awareness, in those moments of preparation, and those moments that we're having impact out of our awareness. Maybe we have prepared, maybe not. And I'm mindful that that can become a stressor, that can become a pressure. So what can you do? There's something Karen said about forgiving yourself for not being able to be totally aware 24 seven, and, and that's important, that self-compassion. And I think there's also something about having that lens on your day. So when you look ahead at where your interactions will be, your planned interactions and your opportunities, to also take a moment to look at where could there easily be a missed opportunity, either to interact or to build a relationship. And in doing that, think about, okay, what do you need in order to recover and restore yourself? It can be draining to be the person that everyone is constantly looking to as a leader. And draining means different things to different people. But there's no doubt that being visible, knowing that your words have impact, uses up resource. So taking care of yourself and giving yourself what you need is really important. That might be time alone. It might be time with a friend or family member who has nothing to do with work. There's something about looking for the time in your day where you're not having to watch what you say so that you've got the energy for when you do. And I do notice in a lot of environments that I go to now, they're open plan environments and this can be hard to do. And I've really noticed the impact that leaders can have on themselves by taking themselves for a walk, finding a reason to go and get their coffee from outside the building rather than whatever's available inside the building. You'll find your own way. But topping up the energy required to be constantly having an interpreted impact is as important to plan for as planning for the interactions themselves. So the To Listen To recommendation is a podcast called The Moth. The Moth has become a vast library of stories, fantastic resource for storytelling. And I love that by dipping into it, you can offer yourself the reminder that there is no right or wrong in storytelling. If you've told yourself, and many of us have, and I've worked with many leaders who've told themselves this, that you are either good or not at storytelling or presenting or whatever word you want to use, that people are naturals at this. That is a myth worth busting. People who are natural storytellers have practiced many, 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 many times over. 
sometimes the way that they practice is so much a part of who they are and how they work that they don't recognize it as practice. Um, so they, they might say, I don't need to do this. They might say things like, yeah, I just winged it, but there's a reality to that. Nobody does. Nobody truly wings it. They prepare, they practice, they get used to the sound of their own voice as they wrap it around the different stories that they want to tell. They get used to the impact of their stories on different audiences and they observe it and they learn from it. So if you're telling yourself that this is something you're not a natural at, welcome to the human race and be prepared to put the practice in and give it a go and try it out time and time and time again. There will be useful things that you can do, thinking in terms of your pace, thinking in terms of your intonation, thinking in terms of the way that you engage people. But it's important to remember as you do it that there are no rules. If you're connecting with somebody, if you're engaging somebody, if you can be understood, then you're storytelling. So listening to the moth is a great reminder, not only of the richness of stories, but the vast array of ways that we can tell them and letting go of the expectation that any story needs to be told in a right way. So that's it for today. Thank you for joining us. And interestingly, next month, the connection with stories continues when we are going to be hearing from Sean Turner, who is a theatre director. As this podcast goes out, we will either just have launched or will be about to launch the Towards Leadership website. At the time of recording, we're almost there. More on that next time. But for now, I'll remind you that if you'd like to share a resource or suggest something that we take a dive into on Towards Leadership or suggest a guest for Leadership Letters, please head either to the Causeway Coaching or towardsleadership.com or indeed seek us out on LinkedIn or Instagram. We would love to hear from you. This is Towards Leadership from Leadership Letters. See you soon.